Welcome back to Silent Exposure. I'm your host, Mitchell Crossan. Sorry we're getting this up late today, Sunday, November 13th. Recapping college football week 11. I was out of town. Now I'm back. Let's go ahead and dive into these games. I want to start with TCU at Texas. TCU with the 17-10 win over the Longhorns. TCU does remain perfect on the year. It goes without saying, but TCU does control their own destiny. If they win, they're going to be in the CFP no matter what. And this was an interesting game going in. A lot of people were going with Texas, right? They're going with Quinn Ewers. They're going with Sark, that offense. It's at Texas. And people just don't believe in TCU. People don't think TCU is going to go 13-0 and win the Big 12. And I think they're starting to turn some heads. And I'm not going to say they're going to prove everybody wrong, but this was a matchup that people kind of raised an eyebrow for. And now they're like, okay, you beat Texas. Sure, that game wasn't pretty, but you got the job done, and that's all that matters. Remaining on TCU's schedule, they have Baylor and Iowa State. I don't think they're going to drop either game. Now that I said that, I jinxed it. Watch them lose to Baylor this next weekend. But they've already locked themselves up in a spot for the Bay 12 championship. Now, if for whatever reason they do lose a game, whether it's against Baylor or Iowa State or whoever it is that they ultimately play in the Big 12 championship, if they lose one game, they're probably out. Now, TCU fans, it's not the end of the world, right? If you do lose a game, I think it really slims your chances, but it's possible you still get in. You're, you're going to need some help. But the problem is if a one last TCU Big 12 champ becomes a real thing, that could open the door for a second Big Ten team, for Tennessee. You're going to need help from some teams, and they did get some help from like Oregon and UCLA losing. And let's go ahead and jump into that next. Oregon and UCLA both go down. The Ducks lose late at home to Washington, and Arizona defeats UCLA, which was interesting. And what does this mean for the Pac-12? Well, it's pretty black and white. Their playoff chances are growing increasingly slim. A lot of people were high on Bo Nix in Oregon. A lot of people felt like they were the best Pac-12 team. They now have two losses. UCLA now has two losses. USC is the only team in the Pac-12 with one loss. USC plays UCLA this next week, and then they end the regular season with a showdown against a Notre Dame team that is improved but still flawed and still trying to work some things out. But even if the Trojans do beat the Bruins this weekend, you cannot overlook this Notre Dame team. They've shown improvements. They've been playing better football under Marcus Freeman. They found themselves in a little bit of a rhythm. I know they kind of had a shootout slash struggle, if you want to call it, against Navy. But this Notre Dame team played spoiler to Clemson. They could do the same against USC. And then, of course, if USC makes the Pac-12 championship game and wins, a one-loss Pac-12 champ does look good on the resume. I do want to shift gears to talk about Texas A&M, the SEC, really just the Aggies, because they are now 3-7 and seven on the year following their loss at Auburn, and they have clinched, let's just call it that, they have clinched the seventh spot in the SEC West. What an awful nightmare season for A&M. I couldn't even think of a worst-case scenario. If you told me during the offseason, hey, Mitchell, give me the worst-case scenario for A&M, I wouldn't say, mm, three and seven after 10 games. That is ridiculous. And let's quickly go through their schedule and the results thus far. They opened it up the regular season with a win over Sam Houston, 31-0. Okay, great. That's fine. Then they lose to Appalachian State. Great. 
They beat Miami 17-9. They beat Arkansas 23-21. Then they lose their next, what is it, seven games? Mississippi State loss, Alabama loss, South Carolina loss, Ole Miss loss, Florida loss, Auburn loss. And I know it's a frustrating season for the players, for Jimbo and his staff, but Jimbo's demeanor, I mean, has anybody else noticed this either? His demeanor in some of these post-game interviews or just the way he's carrying himself on the field before these games, it just, it's almost like he doesn't care. I mean, maybe that doesn't sound right. And look, we've known before this past weekend that a season has completely gone down the drain, right? So it's not surprising to see a demeanor that way. But for a coach that has an $85 million buyout or whatever, pulled in the best recruiting class ever, it's just, it's a demeanor that I never thought we would see out of Texas A&M's coach for this season, especially considering all the hype and the pedestal that everybody put the Aggies on just a mere couple months ago. We're going to switch gears one more time. In this episode, we're going to keep it nice and short here. It's late Sunday night. Just got back from the airport. But I do want to touch upon kind of a feel-good story here. We're going to the Big Ten. We're going to Ohio State to visit wide receiver, fifth-year Cameron Babb, who caught his first collegiate touchdown pass for the Buckeyes. This was CJ's fifth touchdown pass of the day. It was in the fourth quarter. Maybe eight minutes left. They killed Indiana, blew them out, and... I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying, oh, yeah, classic, running up the score. Why do you have your starting quarterback throwing in that scenario? Why is he still playing? Whatever. So this means so much more than you think. And we posted a video about this on our social media. So you can go ahead and give us a follow at Silent Exposure on TikTok if you want to see that. But Cameron Babb in his fifth year has pretty much been unable to play all the previous years because he tore an ACL four times, which is incredible. I mean, tearing an ACL once is awful. Tearing an ACL twice is ridiculous. Now imagine doing that two more times, and he still continued to be the heart and the soul of that Ohio State team. He's finally healthy for this week, and for CJ and Ryan Day to put Cameron in a position as a fifth-year guy to catch his first collegiate touchdown was a very special moment for him and for Buckeye Nation. Short and sweet today, that's going to be it for SE. Thanks for your patience. Thanks for listening in. Guys, I mean, we're at the point we're getting close to the end of the regular season. So a lot's going to change. A lot's going to happen. We're kind of getting a feel for who's a pretender, who's a contender. Things will continue to clear up. But in the meantime, go ahead and stay tuned. Every Sunday, we'll continue to release these episodes. We go live on TikTok on Tuesdays for all the college football playoff rankings. So you can join us there if you would like. Or you can follow us on our social medias at Silent Exposure on everything except for Twitter at Silent Expose. Thank you for listening, and as always, go Bucks.